Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at HM.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities, so do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little... Or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at H&M.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. But I'm going to tell you right now, being contempt, criticizing, and allowing your emotions to take over is not going to help. Okay? Remember, I've said it before, short-term discomfort versus lifelong resentment. girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies 
to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey ladies, welcome to the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Cisneros. So for the entire month of September, I am going over the five common mistakes couples make. And this episode is so good. And it's one I get a lot of questions about. Today, we'll be talking about the five common mistakes couples make when they argue. Here's something that one of you wrote to me. So I've been reading self-love books and finding ways to be a better person overall. However, one of my issues is trying to communicate with my partner without it becoming a yelling match. When we have a discussion or issues, he's hot-tempered and I'm the total opposite. I tend to talk to him calmly and if he starts to get loud, I'll ask him to please lower his voice. His response is usually, stop cutting me off. Or he says, I'm being passive-aggressive when really... I'm just trying to communicate calmly, and I don't want the kids to hear. The conversations usually turn into me listening to everything he has to say. And when it's my turn to speak, if I say something he doesn't agree with, he cuts me off and speaks over me, and we never get anything resolved because I'm frustrated with yelling and being cut off. I really just want for him to listen and respond and vice versa. Sometimes I'm scared. Or I don't want to have conversations that we need to have or that I want to have because I feel like nothing will come from it. So why even try? So I have all of these feelings and emotions trapped inside and feelings like I have no one to talk to. I'm trying to figure out how I can navigate and have better communication with my partner. Mama, this is such a great question. And like I said, it's one I get often. And so a good amount of people aren't aware of the five common mistakes they make. And most of the time, we're under the impression that everything's with good intent. We are doing the right thing. But the reality is there are things that are actually standing in the way of you guys being able to communicate effectively. You're feeling it, and so is he. He becomes defensive. You become defensive. You end up bringing up 50,000 reasons why he's in the wrong and you're right. Shit, you even have pictures. He does the same thing or even worse, he shuts down. You bring up how you're a better partner than he is, how you're a better communicator, how you are better a parent than he is. Again, he becomes defensive. How the hell did we end up here? I might as well just stay quiet and not say anything at all. Matter of fact, if I do say anything, he's just going to blow up. So I'll just keep it within. The problem is you guys have been dancing this dance for a while now and it's impacting your relationship so much so that your kids are seeing it so much so that you're feeling like roommates. You're not feeling heard. You're not feeling understood. Instead, you're feeling dismissed, unseen, unappreciated, and unloved. So I'm going to cover the five common mistakes couples make when they argue. The first biggest mistake I would say is not recognizing when you're flooded. What the hell are you talking about, Veronica? Flooded. Flooded is when you've allowed all of these emotions 
to take over. Your thoughts are out of whack. Your physical sensation is unnerving. And all of these emotions are coming up for you and they have now taken the wheel. You are impulsive. You are acting out on your urges and impulses, not able to control those emotions. Because you're not able to control those emotions, you might say things you don't mean. Flooded is when we lose this control of our body, of our words, of what we really want to communicate. And I see so many couples do this. Again, you don't even realize you're doing this. It's like something takes over, right? It's like all of these emotions take over. It's that physiological feeling of being overwhelmed during conflict. And most of the time, it's impossible to have a productive conversation or even think rationally because, like I said, those emotions have gotten the best of you. And in that moment, you become so defensive, you become so critical, and you're not proud of the person you are, right? So that is one common mistake we make. And to help you during, you know, during this flooding period, it's to realize, wait a minute, my emotions have taken control, I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I'm saying things that I don't mean, or even more gosh, I'm experiencing all of these emotions and I don't know how to hold back. I need to take a time out. I need to take a time out. I need to figure out how to self-soothe. It'd be important to go ahead and self-soothe prior to this, right? Like I should say, it's important to know what what tools or what things that you can do to self-soothe. I know for me, going for a walk is really, really important. And it might be for a walk upstairs. I'd like to go in the backyard or go for a walk around the corner. But for me, I really need to just remove myself from the situation because if not, I see red. Oh boy, do I see red. Sorry, Willie, but it's totally true. And it is. So I need to know and be well aware of what I need to do to relax myself, to distract myself. I'm going to come back for, I'm going to come back and finish the conversation. But more importantly, I need to know how to take care of myself because right now my blood, my blood is boiling and I'm about to react and say things that I don't mean. Another common mistake couples make is criticism. This is where you attack your husband's character instead of complaint. So let me give you a difference, right? Let me let me give you some examples of a complaint versus criticism. A complaint is something along the lines of saying, I felt alone and dismissed when you didn't talk to me yesterday. I thought we had agreed that we would talk once you got home. Criticism. You're so inconsiderate about my feelings. You only look after yourself, coward. You always ignore me and avoid conversations. You never think of us. Sound familiar? Yeah, me too. You're not the only one, girl. Me too. Me too. All right, so what is the antidote? Well, the antidote to this is instead of instead of going into like blaming or criticizing, instead of doing all of those things, what Gottman says is to express how you're feeling. And I want you to be very careful 
Don't get me wrong. I know it feels good to get all of these things off your chest, right? And say all of these hurtful things, criticizing your partner. I know that feels good. And yeah, okay, Veronica, you sound demonic when you say that, but it's true. I know I'm not alone in this. It is so true. It feels good to just get this off your plate and just say it, say it. But at what cost? And I'm honestly asking you that. At what cost? Because whenever you criticize your partner, there's a huge, huge cut, right? Because it cuts deep. It's like literally stabbing your partner in the heart. And I want you to be aware of what you're doing. And, oh, my God, I criticize him all the time. He criticizes me. And we only criticize each other when we're, you know, frustrated, overwhelmed. And he understands. I've actually heard somebody say that, you know, We've all, we've both talked about it. We have great communication, but the only time we criticize is when we're on edge or when it's an emergency. I'm here to tell you that Gottman says that this is one of his ways of predicting divorce on whether or not a couple criticizes each other. And although it's like in the moment you feel like no harm, no foul, but that's a lie you tell yourself because it is not true. The minute you criticize your partner, you're hurting them. You are literally hurting them emotionally. At what cost? So you can feel better after you've yelled? Mm -mm. This is why I put number one is flooding. Gottman totally argues with me and says contempt, but I'm going to say flooding, not being able to recognize when you're flooded because we can do so much damage when we don't recognize that we're flooded. Another one of Gottman's four horsemen is called contempt. And this is when you position yourself higher than your partner, right? This might look like eye rolling, sarcasm, name calling, passive aggressive humor. You're afraid to have a conversation, right? We already know that. But the minute you add in contempt, positioning yourself higher than them, ugh, mama, Gottman calls this the sulfuric acid of relationships. This is one of the number one predictors of divorce. Let me give you an example. (laughs) Of course, you're afraid to have a conversation with your mom. When are you going to be a man and stand up to her? I'm always doing the dirty work because you won't man up and stick up for me. Could you be any more pathetic? Oh, that's major. Gottman says that the antidote to this is to respect and show appreciation. And I could already hear you say, Veronica, how in the hell am I going to show respect and appreciation when he lacks respect and appreciation for me? And he doesn't do a damn thing to my mother-in-law when she disrespects me. She doesn't do a, he doesn't do a damn thing to anybody. His family's able to walk all over me. Mama, I get it. Hell, I even get your frustration. But I'm going to tell you what. Sarcasm, name-calling, passive-aggressive humor, eye-rolling, you being contemptuous is not going to maintain your relationship. It's not. Matter of fact, it's going to set you on that path towards divorce or the end of the relationship. Again, I'm going to ask you, at what cost? There are other ways of communicating, but this is not it. It is not it. It is one of the number one biggest predictors of divorce. The minute you position yourself higher 
And I've also heard you say, are you kidding me? You're going to talk to our kids like this? God, you suck as a husband. You suck as a dad. Why do I always have to have these conversations? You never know how to talk to our kids. You know what? Let me just do it. Let me do it. Because you know what? Whatever you're going to do, you're going to hurt our kids' feelings, and I'm going to have to recover. I'm going to have to go ahead and fix what you did. That is contempt. You're positioning yourself as a better mom than he is as a father. And I'm going to tell you what happens after that. The minute you position yourself higher, your partner shuts down. He does. He shuts down. He is not able to parent unless you support him. And he's not going to be able to connect with his kids, especially when you're constantly reminding him how much better you are than him. I want you to keep this in mind. And this isn't for me to just totally attack you, mamas. That's not what this is about. I get it. We're frustrated. We're overwhelmed. We're taking care of everything in the household. But I want you to think about how you've positioned yourself to be the one that's taken everything on. How have you done that? How have you created this monster? Respect and appreciation is extremely important. And there are other ways of communicating it. By being able to say, listen, I'm tired. I've had a long day. I need your help. Or I feel overwhelmed and disrespected when you and your mom, when you and your mom um, have conversations without me, or when your mom criticizes me. I would like it if you stuck up for me. I would like to understand what is this. Is it that you don't see it? Help me understand because I feel alone. There's no judgment. There's no criticism regardless of what he says. You want him to open up to you, right? If you want him to open up to you, then we have to have these conversations. And yes, they're unhealthy. But I'm going to tell you right now, being contempt, criticizing, and allowing your emotions to take over is not going to help. Okay? Remember, I've said it before. Short-term discomfort versus lifelong resentment. How did I become his mom? The empty promises just aggravate me so much. He says he will do something or take care of something, then he doesn't. The passion is so low these days that I feel parenthood and other commitments are taking control. I want to feel like it's me he wants to spend time with. Communication has always been a weak point for us. He says things without thinking. I try to logically work through things and he reacts emotionally. I try to say what I feel and in a constructive manner. He takes it personally and attacks me. My relationship with my in-laws feels damaged. My partner always supports them and never me. Boundaries are a confusing topic for me because I'm a helper. I have this innate need to help anyone I can. Ladies, does this sound familiar? I understand that it feels like you're on this hamster wheel with your partner. I know you probably feel alone and unappreciated in your relationship. I know that you have put your family ahead of your own needs and try to avoid conflict as much as possible. I know you struggle with not feeling loved the way you want to feel loved. I also know that you hate to admit that the laundry and the dishes get way more action than your partner. Whether you're currently feeling disconnected from your partner 
or are sick and tired of the blow-ups. It's time to change, and nothing will change if nothing changes. As a therapist, I've worked with hundreds of women just like you ready for change. I have provided them with a step-by-step tailored plan to strengthen their relationship and reconnect with their partners. Are you ready? If you are ready, then what are you waiting for? What I want you to do is I want you to sign up for my workshop. Go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Again, that's empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop and sign up for the workshop scheduled for September 7th. You have two options, either a 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or a 7 p.m. Mama, you get to choose the time that works best for you, and then it's going to be me and you and a group full of women that are experiencing the same thing, ready to learn, ready for change. See you there. The next of Gottman's um, Four Horsemen is called defensiveness. Playing the victim positions your partner as the enemy. It is a form of blaming. We came, we may come up with excuses on why we did things or acted a certain way. Let me give you an example. Well, maybe if you stuck up for me, I wouldn't have yelled at you the other day. Well, maybe if you washed the dishes and got off your lazy ass, maybe you and I would have sex more. Well, maybe... If you weren't so freaking emotionally available, I'd talk to you. That's defensiveness. Or the only reason why I shut down and I, I, I told you I was going to have sex and then changed my mind last minute is because you don't show me you love me. If you showed me you love me more, then maybe I would give it up more. Maybe we'd have more sex. But until you do, nah, it's not going to happen. I have every right to withhold sex because... You don't know how to act. There's defensiveness. There's contempt. There's criticism. Yes, there can be all three. Hell, there can be all four. We have to be mindful and aware of how often these come up in our conversations. We have to be mindful and aware of how often we use these deadly, 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 deadly forms of communication. Okay? The antidote to defensiveness is accepting the responsibility. I was out of line. I said some things that I didn't mean. You don't have to agree with your partner. And in no way, I know a couple of you right now, I could hear, literally, I could feel you telling me, Veronica, wait a minute. Are we supposed to be a doormat? Are we supposed to be responsible for the entire argument? We have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to refrain from um, criticism. We have to go ahead and stay on the same playing field. Yes. Yes, you do. Here's why. Because it's not working for you. What you're doing is not working for you. Your greatest efforts as a wife, as a partner, is what brought you here. Hear me when I say that. Your greatest efforts as a partner, as a wife, is what brought you here. To this place of feeling like roommates. To this place of not feeling like you guys are connected. That's what brought you here. Don't get me wrong. I've said this before. Of course, he needs to do work. Hell yes, he needs to do work. However, he's not on this line. And if he is, hey, homeboy, you you got work to do. If you're doing any of these things, yes, you got work to do. Pay attention to the antidotes and pay attention to how you show up in your relationship. 
Yes, I said it. I'm not against you. I'm for the relationship. I'm not on either of your sides. I am merely pointing out the issues that you guys are both bringing into the relationship. And so it is so important. It is very important to go ahead and accept responsibility for your half. I'm not saying to go ahead and apologize for something that you're not really apologetic for. It's recognizing what you are doing in the relationship and how it's showing up. The next one, stonewalling. Stonewalling is a really big one. Stonewalling is withdrawing from the argument, shutting down. I'm going to tell you right now, I hated, hated, hated when Willie did this. But what I didn't know was when he was stonewalling, he was taking time for himself to figure out how to resolve this argument. I didn't know that he was flooded. He was overwhelmed with emotions and his heart was probably racing. What I didn't know is that the reason he was shutting down was because he didn't know how to fix this argument. He didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to do. So he just stayed quiet. Don't get me wrong. This would piss me off. Oh my gosh, would it piss me off? Especially when, like, we literally just got into an argument. How the hell are you singing church music? How the hell are you singing Christian music on the way to church? The entire time, I literally am so overwhelmed and so frustrated. I'm frustrated more by the fact that it looks like he wasn't phased at all by this last conversation, by this last argument. And there's no, it doesn't look like he's ready or he's ever going to be ready to go ahead and resolve it. Matter of fact, it looks like it's checked off his list. Done. I'm going to church and I'm going to pray for my wife because homegirl's crazy. <laughs> Some of that's kind of true. But that's what it feels like. It feels like, wait a minute, I'm the one still carrying all of these emotions. I'm the one that's still holding on to this pain. How the hell did you get over it? How did you go get over it? It becomes very, very unhealthy when your partner stonewalls for longer than 20 minutes, longer than an hour. It also becomes very unhealthy. Hear me, ladies, when I say this, it becomes very healthy when your partner stated that they needed a timeout and your ass is right behind them. Yep, I see you, homegirl. Your ass is right behind them trying to convince them of all of the reasons why you need to go ahead and talk right now. We're going to have this discussion right now. You're not going to walk away from me. Why are you walking away from me? Here you go again, coward. You never know how to address the situation. This is why we never resolve anything because you're always avoiding the situation. Why don't you go back to your mom? Yeah, that was defensiveness, contempt, criticism, all of those things. Flooding, you're definitely flooding if you're saying those things. I want you to pay attention to how you show up. If your partner is stonewalling, give them some time. Veronica, he's never going to come back to the argument. You are right. Hell yeah, you're right. You want to know why? Because anytime he has attempted to come back to the argument, anytime there has been an attempt to resolve this, it's been a failed repair attempt, a complete failed repair attempt. Here's why. Because the minute he says something that you don't agree with or doesn't fall in line with your values, you lose your shit. Or even worse, you end up stonewalling his ass. And it becomes this back and forth battle of you guys being defensive and getting nowhere. 
Gottman says stonewalling isn't easy to stop. It is a result of feeling physiologically flooded. And when we stonewall, we may not even be in a physiological state where we can discuss things rationally. You can't. You can't. You are flooded. You're in that fight or flight response. And once you're in that fight or flight response, you're not stopping to think, huh? I wonder what my partner's thinking about right now. I love him. He's so cute. Damn, he has such a sexy ass. I'm so lucky. Hell no, you're thinking this freaking idiot. Here we go again. This is why we're at the place where we're at. This is why we haven't had sex for a week. This is why we don't communicate. He is the problem. He's the problem. This is why our kids are doing bad and have anxiety problems. This is why we're frustrated and overwhelmed. This is why. It's his fault. Uh Uh-uh, mama. You better, if you're going to go ahead and blame him, you better throw your ass in line too. It's your doing as well. It's both of yours. So Veronica, what do we do? What do we do if our partner is stonewalling or if I'm stonewalling? Mama, you give yourself 20 minutes to decompress. 20 minutes. Yes, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Here's why. Because no matter what you say, no matter what you do, it's not going to go down the way you want it. Research studies shows that whenever you start a conversation harshly, it has a 96% fail rate. 96% homegirl. What about that 4%? Do you really want to chance it? Do you really want to chance it? No. Give yourself 20 minutes to calm down. Give your partner the whatever time he needs. Again, if he's going into three days, three weeks, uh-uh, that's not cool. We need to have a conversation about that. I'll teach you how to do that. But if you're noticing that he is stonewalling, allow him his space. You guys even could, could you guys could even come up with a safe word. Hold, hold on. I'm feeling flooded. I'm feeling overwhelmed. You might not be able to say that. I know I know me as a therapist. I'm going to tell you right now, when I'm flooded, uh-uh. The last thing I'm, saying, I'm thinking about is the fact that I'm a therapist. For me, I need to take a time out. Hold on. I, I can't talk about this right now. I can't talk about this right now. And sometimes I'll even hang up because I know I'd rather hang up on my husband than say what I want to say to him. And uh, it's something good. It's something really good. I rehearsed. I'm ready to say it. And all of these emotions are ready to back me up. But I don't want to be left with regret. And so instead, I hold back. Instead, I pay attention to where I'm at. Instead, I go to another place to self-soothe. And it's really, really important. You know what that is for you. I was given some of the some of the worst, worst advice on marriage. Worst advice when me and Willie got married was never go to bed angry. Never go to bed angry. So guess what I did? Willie, we can't go to bed angry. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about this right now. It'd be 3 o'clock in the morning. 3.40, 3.50, 4 o'clock. We haven't come up to, with a resolution. We have to talk about this. Meanwhile, we've literally beat the dead horse. There's no way we're going to resolve this. And what we didn't know that we know now was what we were arguing about was what's called a perpetual problem. I'm going to get into perpetual solvable problems later. But we had no idea that that's what that was. And it was an argument that we we're going to have, we're going to have for the rest of our life. And we were stuck in gridlock. 
we were stuck in gridlock. We didn't know how to get out of that argument. He was hurting me. I was hurting him at whatever way with words, with names, with not saying anything. I was going back and forth for a really long time and it was so unhealthy. Those, my friend, are the five common mistakes couples make when they argue. Now I want you to hear me when I say this. It's not like somebody's going to come up to you and say, Hey, Samantha, you're, you're doing it right now. You're on the path towards divorce. You're on the path towards ending the relationship. Homegirl, you're on the path. You're on the divorce path. If nobody told you you're on the divorce path, your, your, your relationship's going to end. You're on that path, homegirl. Nobody's going to tell you that. Nobody, you don't want to know why because they don't even know they're on that path. It is so important. It is so, so important to learn new skills and implement them. Even if it feels like you're the only one doing the work, do it anyway. This isn't for him. This is for you. Again, this isn't for him. This is for you. This is for all of your relationships, not just your relationship with him. You are becoming a better person, a healthier person. It starts with you. Nobody's going to tell you your relationship is failing or ending. Even for those couples that tell me, but we're so happy. Well, there's criticism in your relationship, contempt. Yep, yep. Defensiveness, yep. Stonewalling, yep. Huh. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, that's how Gottman determines the longevity of a relationship. If these four horsemen are in the relationship, that is one of the strongest predictors of divorce. Nobody's going to tell you that. Nobody's going to tell you that. I'm telling you it right now. So instead, I want you to pay attention to where you're currently at, how this is currently impacting your relationship. Because, oh baby, it is. It is definitely impacting your relationship. If all of these things are being done, we got to do something different. We got to do better. It is so important you hold yourself accountable, right? So that you can gain this different perspective. So you're not stuck on the path towards an ended relationship. I'm telling you right now, we get to do something different. We get to start over. And if you are ready to go ahead and take your relationship to the next level, I am ready to teach you. I am ready to teach you. I want to teach you. I know we're listening to all of this podcast right now and it's like, oh my God, I'm doing all of those. I just did that right now. I just did that yesterday. Okay, so let's learn something different. Let's do something different. Time, attraction, and love is not going to help you. It's not. So many couples rely on it and you're doomed for failure. So instead, let's do something different. Join me for a two-hour online workshop. I will be teaching you how to reconnect with your partner. I will be teaching you how to have healthy communication habits. I will be teaching you how to set and respect boundaries. I will be teaching you how to make time for each other. Most relationships end because the couple stopped recognizing the value of the relationship. I wish that was my quote. It's not. It's Gottman's. But most relationships end because the couple forgot the value of the relationship.
But Veronica, I'm busy. I have kids. I don't give a shit. But Veronica, I don't know what to do. And I'm just going to wait because when my partner's ready, I'll be ready. Don't give a shit. All of those are excuses. It's time to do something different. It starts with you. We can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you. And guess what? It's 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy to use strategies to apply right now. That's right, right now, today. You all know I'm a huge advocate for you mamas and I am on a mission to help you experience true connection and stress-free living. Ladies, we are setting our marriages up for success. It starts with you. You will find this freebie here in my show notes or go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash guide. The information I will be providing you is next level and people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend who needs it. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, 
I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020 and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Hey there. This is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. 
I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.